0: Great to see you guys. Thanks so much for being here. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars. Guys, we love you guys. Miss you. And uh, thanks for all those who are still watching online. I know that we don't have our children's ministry open yet. We're just not able to do that, but we are getting close. And so we're excited about that. Hopefully we'll be announcing that pretty soon. But uh, very, very excited to be able to offer a full church experience again for all ages. Uh, so for those families who are staying at home watching, we know you're with us and we appreciate you guys being a part of the church. And so I, I'm going to pray because I'm nervous, because I need to talk about some things that are not fun uh, and not easy in our society, but things are not getting better. Anyone else know this? So let's talk uh, openly today, but let's start with prayer. Lord, thank you, God, that we can trust in you. Lord, thank you, God, that you're bigger than anything our nation has ever faced. Thank you that you're bigger than anything any of us individually have ever faced. And thank you, Lord, that you're bigger than this. I pray your blessings over this message. I thank you, God, that I can stand in your truth today. And I pray, Lord, you'd bless this message. In your name we pray. Amen. Today I want to talk about a topic that's pretty uh, evident to talk on. It's kind of obvious. I keep brooming my series I was going to do on homecoming for obvious reasons. And so today I want to talk about anger. Because when I turn on the TV, or when I open my phone or my laptop and go to any social media or any news site, or frankly, any site nowadays, everyone is angry with everyone. Anyone else notice this? I mean, everyone is really on edge. Um, I got to tell you that I've talked to multiple pastor friends of mine around the country, and I'm like, man, what are you talking on? What are you talking on? And we've all come to the conclusion that there's no win. It's just how many people do we lose when we talk about these kinds of subjects? Uh, because uh, I've already been told by multiple families who are leaving our church last week after the message. And so, and uh, you know, it saddens me to hear that. Uh, but if I to do one talk on racism and you're ready to leave the church over it, I have a real simple response. Bye. It's not complicated. You got to check your heart if you're that offended by one message. Now, I do know that some people feel like, oh, you went too far. Some people feel like you didn't go far enough. And you know what? I'm going to offend everyone on that one. I'm not going to get you perfectly nailed down exactly where you are in your spot. And you know why? Because I didn't have the same experience growing up that you had. So we all have different experiences. But can we all agree that we have seen racism in our country that needs to be fixed? I don't know anyone who's disagreeing with that. Now, I think there's lots of different ways to do it. And do I think that people want to hijack that message? Oh, absolutely. Like crazy on every side of the aisle there is. But does that still mean we don't address it? No, of course, we still have to address it. But when people say, to me, you're not supposed to be political in church. Our country has made everything political. Whether you use a plastic straw in your drink is now political. Do you understand that? They're not allowing for things to not be political. So you just have to hear my heart when I tell you that I had to go to the Lord this week and say, God, I'm going to make everyone mad. So Lord, can I just not make you mad? Can I just honor you, God, and try to stand in your truth? Because if you're good with me, then I'm good with me. And so that's what I want to bring today. But I want to talk about anger because a lot of people are very angry. They're very mad. But I want to also show you some things that are being missed in our media right now. I wanted to show you a couple quick clips. Check these out. These are things that you're not going to see on the news, which is sad. But check it out. I want to show you a couple things. Check it out. This happened in Atlanta. Check this out. Come on. Come on. Come on. All of them are still people. You know, whatever side of the aisle or side of the situation or side of your experience happens to be, we all have families. We all have a background. We're all just still God's children. And then here's a clip I want to show. I want to set it up before I show this. A little girl in, in Houston goes, a little African-American girl in Houston goes up and asks an officer, are you going to shoot me? And look at what happens. Check this out. Don't
1: say that, okay? I'm here to protect. Here to hurt you, at all. Right? you can protest. You can party. You can do whatever
0: you want. Just don't break nothing. You can protest. You can party. Do whatever you want. Just don't break anything. Isn't that a beautiful answer? But isn't it great to see someone go up to someone that they're supposed to be afraid of and just say, "Hey, do I need to be afraid of you? Can we just talk?" Isn't that, don't you love the simplicity of a child that can just really cut through everything in this moment? I just think it's beautiful to see all this. And I bet you didn't see that on TV. How many of you guys saw that maybe on social media somewhere? Anybody see any of those? I saw a couple of them, but you didn't see it in the news coverage because the truth is that doesn't give you good ratings. Anger gives you good ratings. Violence gives you great ratings. Can I tell you something? We're being used by a media who is thriving if we're broken. Now, do I believe all the media is evil? No, I don't. I know a ton of people in the media here locally. They're good people. But I just want to encourage you to recognize that not everyone is flipping out in anger. And a lot of this is being stoked. A lot of us are being stirred up. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have legitimate reasons to be angry. When I saw a man die at the hands of someone who should have been protecting them, I was angry just like you. But I want to encourage you to know that If every one of us are all in agreement that we're angry about that incident, then we have more in common than we realize. When people say our whole society is unjust, I'm like, no, 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 because everyone's mad about that. Because I've been to unjust societies. We have ministries that we support, missions we support that are in truly unjust societies. And in those societies, when someone dies on the sidewalk, no one cares. That's unjust. What we see happening here is an unjust moment happened that should have never happened that we have full reason to be angry about. The question isn't whether we should be angry. We can all agree we have things to be angry about. The question is, what do you do with your anger next? That's the real challenge I want to talk about today. So let's talk about anger a little bit. Again, I just want to encourage you. I'm going to make everyone mad today. It's my goal. So uh, It's not my goal. I'm just kidding. But I am trying to make light of the fact that none of us are going to see things exactly the same. But we can agree on this, can we not? What's our mission statement? What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. Can we agree on that? Can we agree we need the church more than ever? I'm pretty sure we need church more than ever. We need to reach people more than ever because people need Jesus more than ever. They really do. And so that's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Let me share a scripture with you. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, you have heard that the law of Moses says, do not murder. If you commit murder, you are sub- subject to judgment. But then Jesus said this. See, Jesus was really good at taking the law and then turning it on, on its ear. Now, he was not saying that murder is not wrong. He's saying, yes, it's wrong. And you were subject to the judgment of God. But then he says, but let me go a step further. Then he says this. He says, but I say, if you were angry with someone, you were subject to judgment. Wow. So he's saying we all know murder's wrong. That's why we're so upset in our country because we all know murder's wrong, especially when you see it at the hands of someone that should never ha- should never have happened. But we also forget that anger uncontrolled is also wrong because it can destroy you. It really can. It can destroy societies. It Can destroy your family. So let's just break this down. First of all, what is righteous anger versus unrighteous anger? Some people get mad. at am even talking about it. Well, how can you say that? I should be mad. I agree. There are things to be mad about. No question about it. There is such a thing as righteous anger. So what is the difference between righteous anger and unrighteous anger? Is there a difference? There is. So here's, let me just give you a couple of definitions. Righteous anger is when, is when what angers you angers God too. That's what The word righteous means it's in line with God's character. And so when you're angry, when you see someone abused, that's in line with God's character. He's angry too. When you're angry that someone is mistreated, that's in God's character. He hates that too. When you're angry when someone is treated unfairly in the legal system, that angers God too. God is a just God. So you have every right to be to be angry. So that's called righteous indignation or righteous anger. Righteous anger can create and it should create confrontation and it should lead to change, which in the Bible it's called repentance. Repentance means to go another way. And so hopefully by the end of this whole process in our nation, in certain specific areas, not in all areas, but in certain specific areas, we will go a new way. I and mean, hopefully this will lead to some good change. And so that anger can be used in a very good way to lead to some legislative changes, to lead to some, some attitudinal changes about all of us. And so we're hoping that this will lead to some positive changes. Isaiah 117 says, learn to do good, seek justice, punish those who hurt others, help the orphans stand up for the rights of widows. So God is a God of justice. We have right to be angry when we see injustice on the streets or anywhere else for that matter. We have right to be angry. Look what also angers God, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. He gives a whole litany of things that he's angry about. And he even says at the end, he says, I warn you. In fact, he says, I warn you like I warned you before. Basically, God's pointing his finger at us going, I'm warning you. So we see God's being angry. When you see God point a finger, you know He's angry. Now, He's a God of grace and mercy, but there are things that hack Him off that you could get to a point where He's like, I'm done with you. God will do that. And so it's clear. And look what He says. He says, The wrong things the sinful self does are clear. Being sexually unfaithful, not being pure, doing witchcraft, hating, making trouble, being jealous, being angry, being selfish, making people angry with each other and causing divisions among people. Can I be honest with you, that's one that really stopped me because I'm, I feel like I've got some righteous anger about that one. I'm tired of seeing national leaders use our hurting on the streets to their advantage. That angers me. I get mad when I see news stations and, and entire media lying to us. That angers me and it should anger you too. But what really angers me is that the worse it gets on the streets, the better their ratings are. In other words, they make money off of our dysfunction. That angers me. It should anger you too. Also, they... It says that, that feeling envy, being drunk, having wild and wasteful parties, doing other things like these. He says, I warn you as I warned you before. Those who do these things will not inherit God's kingdom. Now, I'm not suggesting that I'm more angry about the media than I am about some guy dying at the hands of an officer. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm suggesting I get angry on multiple levels. Anyone else understand what I'm talking about? I'm just, I'm just fed up with hate in general and this nonstop vitriol towards One another. And it seems to be not improving. So these are righteous angers that when we agree with God on things, that anger him. But then there is destructive or unrighteous anger. And here's what that is. That's anger that damages others and anger that destroys you. Anger that damages others and anger that destroys you. So you can actually have righteous anger and then you can play it out unrighteously. So you can have a very good reason to be mad and then do the wrong thing. Does that make sense? So you may be really hurt because someone cut you down. And so if you turn around and cut them down, that's not handling it the right way. Now, that's a light compared to what we're facing now as a nation, but that's just an example. Or, or you could be really hurt because someone betrayed you. You know, you know, I'm so upset because my spouse cheated on me, so I'm going to go cheat on them. That's not going to make things better. That's, that's anger taken the wrong direction, right? They punched me, so I'm going to punch them, Right? And so that's where anger goes in in the wrong direction. And we we see this happening right now on the streets and in other places and and, and people are are really, really mad at each other. It's coming out in all kinds of different ways. And so that's destructive. God has a a better way than that. There are two ways to express our anger, and these are right nor wrong. This is just how all of us are wired. We're either wired one or the other, all of us are. So let's just, let's just play a little game and let's just raise our hands, even online. Those of you, when I, when I call you out, you tell me which one you are. And, and, and we're all one and the other. So this is not right or wrong. It's just how we express ourselves, okay? So the first way that people express their anger is these are the exploders, right? They get mad, they yell, they scream, they wanna kick the dog, right? They get upset. Poor dog, didn't do anything, man. Just standing there, you know? They lash out, they say things quickly, they dominate, they threaten, they rage. The problem is it doesn't work. It actually feeds the monster and creates really an unstable environment. So if you're an exploder, you may not realize it, but you're, you're creating a lot of instability. Like if you just, if, if dad's an exploder in the house, the kids are always like, I don't know if I want to go near dad, I don't know what's going to happen next. So it's hard to have a stable family if you're at any moment going to explode. If you're in the office and you just can explode on someone, it's hard to have stability so, so that's kind of the danger. One of the dangers going on is that the people just want to explode on the streets. It's like, yeah, but you're, you don't realize it, but no one wants to live anywhere near there if that's going to be something that happens regularly. So it creates an unstable environment, right? So those are the exploders. Those are extreme cases, of course. But all of us are, are one or the other, an exploder or an imploder. So who's an exploder here? Maybe, you, maybe you're not violent. Maybe you just, you just get loud and get upset. Let's, let's, let's confess our sins to one another right now. Who's an exploder? Raise your hand if you're an exploder you hold your hand up? We're all judging you right now. We just want you to know we're all judging you. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Now, the next one is the imploder, right? This is the one who turns it inwardly, right? And so it, we, 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 we implode, okay? And so this is a person who goes silent. They hide. They withdraw, but they don't forget. Yeah. See, I think it's funny because the imploders kind of judge the explorers like, oh, they have such a temper problem. Well, you still have anger too. You just internalize it, right? And so we, just, we don't forget, uh, you stew on it, you fester, you connive, you become cynical, right? Because it's just, oh, it's stern on the inside. You don't let it out, you i just mm, so mad. You actually don't realize this, but you may think it's healthier instead of yelling at someone, and we don't want you to yell at people, don't get me wrong, but do you realize that you can actually physically make yourself sick? You can literally give yourself an ulcer in, in, in your anger if you just internalize it, and just, mm. just it just sits in you. Had a guy one time tell me, this guy had committed adultery and he, he talked to his kids and he said, my kid's fine. They, they, they didn't seem that upset. And I thought, you have no idea, bro. You have no idea when this is going to come out, but it's going to come out. He thought that this, this, the child was not anger. I was like, oh no, that's, that anger's there. You just don't realize they're internalizing it. Like it will come out one day when she says, oh, by the way, dad, you're not going to be walking me down the aisle you know, 10 years later, and he's like, what? Then it just came out or somehow it'll come out. And I don't I don't, want, I don't wish I'd aim for anybody. I'm just simply saying, a lot of times we think we're getting away with something we've done. Well, Oh, they're not even upset. Oh, no, no, they're just holding on to it. It's gonna come out. Anger always comes out one way or the other. So it's gonna come out. And I'm not suggesting anger not coming out is not good. Anger coming out in the right way can be appropriate. But the Bible's pretty clear about this also. It says in Galatians 5.14, it says, the whole law is made complete in this one command. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Even if you go, it says, if you go on hurting each other and tearing each other apart, be careful or you will completely destroy each other. So it's okay to be angry with someone. It's not okay to tear them apart. So we're not saying that you can't be angry at the system or angry at how things played out or angry at someone's response to their anger. All that can happen and that, that can be very legit. But what do you do with your anger? That's what matters. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 26. It says, in your anger, do not sin. For example, did you know that since the horrific murder of George Floyd, there's now been 11 other murders, 11 more people have died. Since someone who should not have died, died, now there's been 11 other people who should not have died that have died. So how is our response helping So it's got to be a better way. Again, I'm not suggesting you shouldn't be mad. I think anger is very appropriate. God gave us that emotion. What are we doing with it? How are we handling that emotion? Is it that emotion? It says in Ephesians 4.26 in the Message Translation, it says it this way. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. So, I've got two simple solutions based upon God's word on how to deal with your anger. Maybe you need to process this so you're not so angry at your pastor. That would probably help me right now. Maybe your anger is at the legal system. Maybe your anger is at the political system that you feel like is hijacking this, either side of the aisle. Maybe your anger is you feel called out when you didn't do anything. Maybe your anger is something unrelated completely with all of this, that someone in your family or a friend has really hurt you, really wounded you. Maybe someone assumed a belief that, you, that they think you have that you don't have and you're offended by it. I don't know where your anger lies. My emotions have been all over the place this week because apparently I'm pretty successful at angering everybody. But I will tell you this, that right now no one's winning if we all just stay angry. You see, we forget that God's a God of grace and mercy. And if we've been given grace and mercy by God, shouldn't we give out grace and mercy as well? Shouldn't we give that to others? Bible says to love your neighbor. I thought about loving my neighbors. You know, my neighbors, both sides on my street, on either side of my house, one neighbor is from Mexico. The other neighbor is from India. Both have different religions than me. Completely different backgrounds than me. Both of them speak different languages than me. In fact, I'm the dummy. I only know one language. They know more than one. And so for me to love my neighbor means I have to love someone. I, and I don't just have to. I get to. I get to love someone that I don't understand their world. And guess what the best way to love them is? is to Learn about their world and their upbringing, getting to know them. Every day I saw my wife, she didn't do this for any points. She didn't, this is way before all this junk even happened. I, I saw my wife, there's just two plants. I was like, oh, it's nice. And she was, I was like, why'd you buy two? She said, oh, one's for our neighbor. I said, oh, really? And so our neighbor recently lost her husband. And so she took a really nice plant over to the lady who lives next door. She's a widow, very sweet lady, different religion than us, different background from a different country. And she just said, I, just, I know that you've got to be a little bit lonely, and so here I want to talk. And so I see her a lot of times at the fence talking to our neighbor. And I love that. Jessica's just being a good neighbor, just loving someone. It's simple. Doesn't have to be complicated. You know, we really overcomplicate things. You know, you know how Im- impactful it is if, you, if we're just nice? It's amazing the difference that that can, can make. Maybe we should, instead of assuming that we're right and everyone that thinks differently than us is wrong, Maybe we should flip that and say, maybe I should assume I need to look at my own attitude and assume maybe they have some validity to theirs. Or wait, another Bible verse says another way. Oh yeah, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. I, I would like for them to believe that I have a viewpoint that matters, so I guess I should make sure that I make their viewpoint matter as well. I don't have to agree with you to love you. Did you know that? We don't have to all agree. We don't have to all vote the same way or feel the same way or have the same background to love one another. That's absurd. I mean, let's be honest. Most of us can't get along with our own spouse on every issue politically, let alone someone that you don't even know that well, right? Most of us have disagreements within our own family that we love dearly. So how in the world are we expected to to have to completely agree to love one another? That's just insane. But that's what the world seems to be pushing for. Either you agree with me or you're an idiot. Either you fully understand my perspective or I'm going to demonize you. This has gone mad, guys. It doesn't work. We have to get past this and learn to respect and love one another, to truly be neighbors to one another. So two simple things I want to leave you with this. Here's the first thing I want to challenge you with. And I want to say this, and I want to ask you to delay your response. I want to challenge you, number one, to delay your full response to anger. And I want you to delay your response to me telling you to delay your response. Because some people think, are you kidding me? You're telling me not to do anything. No I, no, I didn't say delayed justice. I said delay your response to anger. Don't confuse those two. In fact, because earlier in Minneapolis they were delaying justice, that's why half that town was in fire. Is because people were upset saying this just happened, we all seen it on video, and yet you won't prosecute? The Bible never says to delay justice. It says to delay your response to anger. Why? Because God knows that all of us in that visceral moment will probably say and do the wrong thing. So we have to learn to step back and think about our reaction before we react. Look at what the Bible says about this. It says, even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. When they keep their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Proverbs 29 11 says this, a fool gives full vent to anger, but a wise person quietly holds it back. So I want to challenge you to delay your response to the next thing you see on Twitter. Delay your response to the next thing you see in the news. First of all, delay your response to the next thing you see in the news because probably three days later it'll be proven wrong anyways. So whatever they say, normally about a week later we find out they were lying to us. And you may say, Bill, that's really callous and that's real cynical. It is. I admit it because we've been lied to so often. I just think it's normal now. And so you can call me cynical, I I am. And maybe I need God to work on my heart about that. But I've learned that I have to delay my response to everything I hear, because a lot of times what I hear is not actually accurate at all. So we may need to learn to delay our response. Not delay justice, delay our response. And then here's the the crux of the whole message, and this is a short message on purpose. I love Psalms 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. It's very powerful, but let me, let me put it another way. This is the message translation. It says it this way. Step out of the traffic. Isn't that great? Because is there ever a place you get mad? It's traffic, right? He says, step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me. That's God. Your are high God, he says, above politics. <laughs> we need to do that right now, don't we? We need to look above politics right now. And he says, above everything. He says, stop everything you're doing and take a look at me. Basically, he's saying, put down your phone, turn off the television, and come to me. God gives you peace. So, here's what I've had to do even this week. Number two, get in the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, here's what happens. This is what happens be stilled and be filled. Notice I didn't say be still. To be still is the first part where you just get quiet and you say, Good God, I need to recognize you're here. And even though nothing makes sense right now, you do. Even though nothing seems just right now or fair, you are just, you are fair. Nothing seems good, you are good. So God, I want to get still. And when you get still, that stirring in you, his spirit will overcome your spirit and he will still you. So be stilled. And then let his Holy Spirit fill you. So right now, wherever you are, whatever campus you're at, would you stand to your feet? Would you just do that right now? Would you stand to your feet? We're going to keep social distancing. I understand that. We're going to sing a song called Come to the Altar, but the altar is right where you are right now. My friend Mark Batterson speaks about personal revival, and he says what we all need to really do is just take a marker in our mind, just look down at your feet, and just imagine putting a circle around your feet, Put the marker back in your pocket and looking up and saying, God, would you bring revival inside this circle? I can't change outside of the circle, but God, you can change inside this circle. So God, would you change me? I don't know how to make the world a better place. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because we can have all kinds of solutions, but do you really believe in your heart that no one's going to be racist ever again? Do we really believe that? solution will not be legislated sure make changes great but you can't legislate sin out of our society we need the Lord we need him to change us on the inside all of us need this not one group over another but pastor we need to root out this group and root out the problem in that group we need need God to root out what's in our own hearts Change me, God. Change me. Would you just take a moment right now, let's pray. And just let God change you. Let's just worship and just say this prayer to God. God, is there anything in me that needs to change? This is Pastor Zach so eloquently said last week on stage. What a powerful message he brought. He said, just like David said, Lord, search my heart. Is there anything in me that's wrong that I'm angry about that I need to check my own heart? I want to challenge you this week. For every minute you're on your phone or on TV, spend a minute in God's Word. See if God does not calm you. He's a big God. He can take your anger. And He'll turn it into brokenness and into joy. So let's just sing right now.
1: Precious blood.
0: Your head bowed and your eyes closed. The third point today is your point. You see, I'm not supposed to tell you what to do next. This is where I trust your relationship with God. Because some people, what needs to happen for you is simply a a small attitude change. You say, "Huh, you know, I've never really thought about it, but there are people who just grew up differently than me and I need to recognize that they have valid points. And I just need to not be quite so dogmatic in my viewpoint." And for some people, maybe you say, that's not where I'm at at all, Pastor. I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I'm not going to get past this easily. Maybe you're not supposed to. Maybe there's a calling tied to your frustration. Maybe some of these young people that are watching right now need to go become lawyers and attorneys or or, or step into politics. and, And instead of saying, I feel like all politics are bad, then why don't you go into it and change that? So you need to become officers. In fact, most of the officers I know signed up for very good reasons, trying to truly protect. And so maybe if you, you, say, you know what? I, I, the best way to root out these guys is, is to become one of them. Is to just say, I'm, I'm gonna just be a difference maker. Praise God. Some of you who are really frustrated by the media, maybe we need some Christians to enter the media. And actually just regardless of your opinion or your spin on what you think of politics, say, I don't really care how this comes down. I'm just gonna say the truth. Oh, dare, dare I say Wouldn't that be amazing if we could just trust that again? Maybe for you, you're stirring on the inside and you just need to simply make a phone call to someone that has nothing to do with any of this but to recognize, God, the hate I have in my heart maybe has nothing to do with what happened in Minneapolis or other parts of the country. It has to do with me and my own family. Maybe the the hate you have in your heart or the anger or the frustration or the bias or the resentment you have. Let God root that out. I'm not here to determine what God wants you to do. I just trust that he'll speak to you personally. And he'll show you what this means for you. So as we just take a moment to pray, just let God show you what it is for you to do. Every one of us has something different to do. And frankly, i just ask you, you know, this is the first service of several this weekend. I'm just going to ask you for your prayers. This is not a fun topic. When I see preachers just going off on one side or the other, it actually tells me they don't have a diverse church. That means everyone in their church is white or everyone in their church is black. Because then it's kind of easy. Take a side and go. But if you really have a truly diverse church, then you're just going to make a little bit of everybody mad. Which means we just have to choose unity. Not because we agree, but because we're brothers and sisters in Christ, period. Does that make sense? You just gotta choose it. So, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, we just take a moment. Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and your Savior? That's what makes you brothers and sisters in Christ is a relationship with Christ. Have you received Him? Because everything Christ went through was unjust, it was completely unfair. He deserved none of it. Yet He died for your sin and for mine, He died for all of our anger. He died for our malice, for our revengeful thoughts and actions, for our violence. He died for all that. He died for our sin. And he rose again. And he now waits for you to accept him, to be your Lord and your Savior. You can pray this simple prayer. You can receive Christ. Say this prayer with me. You can just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Ain't God good? His word is so true. Thank you.